Welcome to Talk About Tatooine. I'm Andrew. I'm Nathan. We're Twin Brothers here to bring you what's new in nerddom and give colorful commentary on our favorite subjects. Welcome to the Cantina and grab a drink and settle in as we course as we set course for realities beyond our own. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Make sure, first of all, to like, comment, and subscribe if you guys are watching this on YouTube. Uh, sometimes I hate doing those plugs, but the statistics show that if we say it right at the top of the episode, you guys are actually more likely to do it. So please make sure you guys are doing that. Make sure you guys follow the podcast on Anchor, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're going to be discussing Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 7, The Clone Conspiracy, some politics, uh, some, well, Star Wars politics, uh, and the advancement of AI. Yeah, we're, we're not jumping into American politics because that's going to tank our ratings. So let's begin with our starter questions here, or our opening questions, I should say, because that's going to actually match the card that comes up. And stick around for the at, stick around at the end because we've got some news coming your way as well. Opening questions. What have you been watching recently? Well, Mandalorian is out, so that's Mando, fun. Mando, Mando, yeah. Uh, without doing too many spoilers of the episode, because uh, we are going to do an episode review of that. Mandalorian is several years after, or season three is several years after season two. So a lot of things have changed, and we're here for it. It's very, very cool. Again, spoiler-free, very, very excited about this. Oh my gosh. It's really hard not to talk about this immediately, but you guys know our stance on the podcast is we want to give you guys time to process it, form your own opinions, your theories, everything, and then join in the conversation with us. But it's so hard to not talk about it. <laughs> so many cool things. And yeah. This was a really, we're recording this, guys, on March 4th. The release date for this episode is going to be March 13th. And there's just, oh, it's a good week to be a Star Wars fan. It's a good it week is. to be a Star Wars fan. So really, really excited about that. Both of us have been watching the same thing. Uh, what games have you been playing? Uh, just real quick. This episode's actually coming out on, oh, wait, no, it is coming out on the 13th because we record two episodes at a time and we are ahead, which is yes. cool. Yeah, so episode yeah. 18 is coming out in two days on the 6th. That's weird, like having a proactive episode release. Oh my gosh, we actually got ahead at some point. <laughs> Man. And what would that look like if I did that with every other No, let's not go life? down that rabbit hole. It's, I guess we'll never it's know. Two, there's two, yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I did get sorted into Hufflepuff. Um, even though this is a fully licensed, dude, don't give me that face. I like, I did the official sorting Ugh. test and I am a Hufflepuff. It's, it's not for, uh, dorks and losers. It's actually a very hardworking house. Let me remind you that Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff. So my, according to the Pottermore quizzes, my wife is a Hufflepuff. A Pufflehuff? A Pufflehuff. A Hufflepuff. And I am a Ravenclaw. Take that as you wish. <laughs> Just, I don't know. That doesn't sound right. That's what the test said. To be fair, I took the test like several years ago, so who knows? Well, students don't get to retake the uh, the sorting ceremony in their seventh year, so. Sucks That's to fair. suck. That's what you get. And as we know... People never change over the course, especially in their adolescence. No, they're pretty much just the same person locked in as they are when they're, what, 11? 
Yeah, pretty much same person all the way through life. I've really been enjoying your Minecraft live on YouTube because uh, I can watch on my work computer. <laughs> Bro, I got you. So the interesting thing about making the switch over from Twitch to YouTube officially is I'm actually not making any money on my streams anymore because my channel is still super small. Like I, we have actually the same number of subscribers on my channel that we do our talk about Tatooine channel. We're working on growing that, which is why we make our plugs all the time. But the interesting thing is, is I'm like, this is a little bit more fun. It increases my watch time and I don't have to take the extra time to like make new videos because it's already there. Like if mm -hmm. I had the time, I could take the live, shrink it down to more of a synopsis, but because of the editing I'm doing there, or doing the, do the editing I'm doing here, I don't want to add another editing project because I have so many other fun lore projects that are in uh, as well. So like that's, there's, yeah, we just got a lot of fun stuff coming down, which I'll talk about in our next question as well. Tell us what hobby work you've been getting done. Nice, you really squeaked that in there. Um, so I finally got my models based. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to with a different basing color. So I, let me grab a different one here. So. We started off with the classic gray. Then I actually spray painted them white with a white primer, really because I wanted the color to pop a little bit more. I was using really dark color undertones, and so it was muting a lot of the colors that I had. And so right. I'm starting with a white primer coat, and then I'm going through with a green contrast base coat because it's thin enough where it does all the things that contrast paint does. It sits heavier in the in the crevices and lighter on the ridges. And so that's going to make it just a little bit easier for me to like add highlights and dry brushing, things like that. But I have 38 of these bad boys to do. So that's going to take a while. And a quick plug as well, um, Hoplite Game Studios. I love these uh, 3D printed resin models. I've been really, really happy with the quality of these so far and am really excited to paint these. Uh, my other hobby work that I've been getting done is I have been working on a Starfighter series. Uh, and so I'm going to be doing voiceovers and stuff for this channel. And I found a bunch of super high resolution photos on a website that I found like we're talking like 4k resolution so it's just it's just gonna be super cool so I've got the tie fighter tie defender and tie interceptor all written out two of the three I have voiced I just need to voice record the third one and then I will be putting all of those together I'm gonna be making some shorts and some other videos for this channel as well so super excited Sweet, about yeah. that it's a little just like a little passion project because for this channel, and you guys probably know this, is half the reason we love Star Wars is because we love storytelling. And I love yeah. going through mm -hmm. the nitty gritties of all these different details and lore. And it's just super fun. Like, I'll be like dead tired and then I'll just hop on Wikipedia and start writing, like start writing and reading. And it's just fun. And then I like, yeah, start doing voice really recording, is. like getting that practice in. The voiceovers are really, really fun, kind of playing with different audio settings and things like that. So it's just been it's just been a fun creative process that I never imagined myself getting into. And now I'm here. So I'm hoping those will one help grow the channel, but two, just kind of like help people learn a little bit more about Star Wars and just have those really, really deep dives that people just like can have in the background playing or whatever it might be. So that's what I've been working on. Yeah, I really want to feed off of that because we do a lot of those little tiny storytelling segments on our YouTube channel, our Instagram and our TikTok. I mean, they're the same videos. We update, upload the same reels, shorts, TikToks, whatever you want to call them. Um, so please follow us on those platforms. Uh, we get a lot, we put a lot of work into those and 
Um, we honestly just, they're, they're the most fun content to write for when I wrote the Thrawn content, which then you voiced and produced, I got goosebumps it was good. every time. And then I heard you read it out and I got goosebumps. And then I watched it a week later and I was just like, I was like, yikers still. I was like, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's just fun. And like, this is, I mean, this is what it comes down to is like, this is our passion project right here. And mm-hmm. we're just excited to share it with everybody. So, yeah. And that's really, that's really why we're doing this is we have a big passion for this fandom and we want to share that with people. So if you wouldn't mm-hmm. mind sharing this with your friends or liking, commenting, subscribing, I mean, we're, we're not really doing this so we can have a second source of income. Like our goal is to mostly just have get the channel to grow to a big enough place to where uh, we can make more higher quality content. Most of the money that we will make off of this podcast eventually, which we're not making any right now, it's totally yeah, out of our one. own. It's totally out of our own pocket. Uh, it's totally out of our own free time. Um, but we, there's some things we want to get like higher quality and it's just fun. It, it really is a passion project and it's, that's why we're here. Share with us your, uh, hobby work. Yeah. So basically the only hobby work that I've got, I've completed is getting some models in the mail that I bought off of eBay. I've gotten basically nothing else done. Uh, we were going to have a game next weekend, uh, March 11th. Uh, but my wife and I, we had a death in the family, so we're going to be traveling for a funeral. So that's going to get rescheduled. And a lot of the goals that I had for that um, are basically just on hold for now. Um, I have a, There's a lot of just dismembered arms in my work in progress box. Um, one thing I would like to point out is, uh, so you play orcs and one of our buddies plays Necrons. I actually picked up some Necrons for him that I found a pretty sweet deal. And I managed to get my hands on one def copter for you. So let's I'm pretty go. excited about that. Is that painted? It is primed. Oh, let's go. <laughs> that is all the joys of not having to put the model together, but getting to fully paint it. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I should, I should warn you. They only primed it from the top down. So all of the bottom surfaces are not primed. <laughs> Is it with Mechanicus Gray? It's probably with... uh, It's like a matte black. Okay, so So maybe something... I was going to say not Abaddon black, because that's the actual black paint, not the primer. Um, I can get a a can of of black primer. That's fine. That's super easy. I actually might even have a can of black primer sitting in the garage somewhere, just because it's useful for stuff. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so I, I basically nothing done and haven't gotten anything done and now won't get anything done for a while. Yeah, for sure. I'm super excited about that. Um, and, and for me, there was no way I was going to get this army painted before next weekend. Like I've, I have been just absolutely going and going and going this week Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I pushed back the recording time for this, because I had to first of all, clean the house because I have to be an adult and just straight up was like, I forgot to write my notes down for the second episode. So I was like, we were, <laughs> we were both writing our notes in this morning. Yeah, I, I saw that and it made me feel a little bit better. I say with that, we go right into the episode. Sound all right? Yep. Let's do it. All right, guys. Remember, 
We are talking about all these episodes uh, several weeks after the fact, so this is your official spoiler warning. If you want to bug out now, thank you so much for watching, but make sure you guys stick around. These are some really fun conversations. We've got some really good episodes that we're going to be mm -hmm. talking about next couple of weeks. Super excited. Let's start with your rating, one for 10. Andrew, go ahead. Eight out of 10. Um, espionage, assassination, conspiracy, and cover-ups. Oh my. <laughs> this oh my. No, that's a different <laughs> fandom. <laughs> that's a Star Trek. It's a Star Trek thing. No. Oh my. George Takai. George Takai. Yeah, he's always a win. <laughs> um, but holy heck, what a fun episode. Like this this is what I wanted Bad Batch to be from the very beginning. Um if you watched our episode, I believe it was episode 16 where we talked about the episode faster. It was very short and it was very brutal shortest episode to date shortest episode to date because we just didn't have a lot of positive things to say about it um short and sweet and we hope that didn't drive people away we don't want to we don't want to communicate that if you don't agree with us you're stupid uh it just wasn't our cup of tea yeah um, that's that's really what we want we want to communicate we want to be able to have a discourse in our community that sorry i'm fidgeting we really want to have a discourse in our community that really tells people like hey you're still welcome here if you disagree with us well and i can speak for both of us when we say neither of us are racing fanatics in mm -hmm. real life yep. in video games in tv like that's not our genre that we get into and so the reason we rated that poorly is because it's not really in our interests but the thing is is we want to have that community and that dialogue open because we want to hear the positive things for other people because we don't have that perspective ourselves so we need those people to say hey well if you guys didn't like it this is actually what i liked about it because that brings fresh perspective and that helps us kind of appreciate those things that are a little bit out of our range and are mm -hmm. the things that we normally don't consume for content so that's really really important i absolutely agree with you like again we don't want to gatekeep and be like oh if you like this episode you suck it's like no actually <laughs> the complete opposite if you liked it tell us why so we can understand because then we can appreciate it more mm, for sure yeah we want to hear from everyone i mean even movies like the last jedi when one of the titular scenes that I really, really enjoyed, I didn't particularly like the movie, but the scene where Kylo Ren kills Snoke, I, I would give a 10 out of 10. And here's why, like, because that was, that was a very Sith thing to do. Like the apprentice kills the master and he's so like Snoke was so blinded in that moment to like the aspirations of Kylo. Like he's, he just is oozing hubris and pride and then to just be cut down like that golden i thought that yeah. was a golden moment in a in a movie that i didn't particularly enjoy but i was like this i love and then it went into a particularly fun and red fight scene so yes i actually really <laughs> did like that fight scene there's that a lot good. of commentary on youtube about like oh well if you slow it down like it looks all weird and stuff and it's like well yeah most choreographed fight scenes are going to look like that you don't watch it in choreography <laughs> like it's choreographed like yeah, it's, of course it's gonna be that way well it's a little frustrating because it's like well if you slow it down it's like yeah if you slow anything down you're gonna find mistakes like that's that's that's, that's that's what i do with my job like when somebody wants to like when i want to like find like 
go through the fine points of somebody's movement. Guess what? We take a 4K video of your squat or your deadlift, and then we get to slow it down. And you and they get to see every painful detail of what is going right, what is going wrong. And it's like, yeah, that's what slow-mo does. <laughs> like, this is not a surprise for anybody. So I would hate it, that. It It's only for people who, like, I don't, I, I suggest it as an option, but I never force anybody to do it. But okay. some people are yeah. like, hey, I want to... Like sometimes people don't get it. And so I can say, hey, like this is what I'm seeing. Can we record it so I can show you? And I actually put it out on my tablet and I'll draw different joint angles and things over top of them so I can show them where they should be in space. And it clicks every time. It's super nice. Um, technology has come a long way and it really helps me in my job. So I totally get it why people do that. It's like, yeah, if you slow something down, you can be, you can go through with a finer tooth comb. Man, I, I wish I lived closer so you could be my personal trainer. <laughs> Me too. I also I'm wish not... you lived closer because I wish you lived closer. So, <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it would have been would be nice if we could uh, record these podcasts in person. Oh, that'd be dope. Absolutely. Um, my rating out of ten on this one was an eight out of ten. So same as you. I really, really loved it, and I loved that the Bad Batch got a variety of genres within this season and i'm very very excited to get the political thriller because this is actually something i thought star wars did very poorly in episode one because episode one is partly a political thriller it's based on this blockade and like the trade federation's like yeah you can't stop us so it immediately becomes this political discourse it's terribly written it's so bad the dialogue is awful and you're just like, okay, cool. And they revisit this genre. Like they they mm -hmm. have politics in episode two, in episode three. Every time you see Senator uh, Bail Organa, every time he comes on the scene, it's a political moment. Padme, every single time she's in there, it's a political moment. And they actually, I feel like the writers actually got better at doing this as time goes on. Especially mm -hmm. through the Clone Wars series. They have so many episodes and so they can go through and revisit those genres and kind of fine-tune them and i feel like by the time we got to bad batch the clone conspiracy i felt like they did this really really well this is a format that again all the way through since episode one they've been telling these and i think it's really coming to fruition also fun mm -hmm. fact this is the bad batch we don't see a single bad batch in this episode the whole thing through not a single bad batch i didn't notice that Bro, <laughs> but it, it sets them up, right? So you get Senator Chuchi, uh, who's very, very familiar from the Clone Wars series. She's in like four different episodes, I believe. She has cameos in some. She's part of the main plot of others. Um, she's actually going to be highlighted in our lore segment for today. Anyways, I loved it. Eight out of ten. Absolutely. Since you gave this such a good score, what would you say was like your favorite moment from this episode? I mean, it had to be just the political intrigue of, like, we we see that, like, the clones are really onto something. And, and we see, like, their humanity start to come out, even after the the horrible events of Episode 3 and Order 66, where they basically turn into robots and massacre the Jedi. They're, they're, it's almost like they're coming back to consciousness, and they're, they're following orders because good soldiers follow orders. But now they're coming back to this point to where, like, what did we just do? And I'm wondering, like, I think the inhibitor chip probably had a pretty strong effect on the clone's memory center of their brain. Is that the hippocampus? Oh, don't ask me brain anatomy questions. That's not a, that's not something I'd be able to tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I'm assuming, here's the thing. If I had to wager a guess, the uh, memory, the, the 
control chip is probably somewhere located in the frontal lobe because the frontal lobe is in control of making higher cognitive decisions, not like base functions, like keeping you breathing, but the frontal lobe is like the decision-making part of the mm. brain. So that would be my guess is part of the frontal lobe. Cause I think it's pretty far forward on their head and like just to the side. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. That'd be kind of a, a fun thing to do a deep dive into is the anatomy of the, the inhibitor chip. I think the inhibitor chip was one of the best written retcons, especially related to the clones, because when we see, when we see the clones between episode two and three, we see them as just like they're soldiers. They don't have personalities we see, you know, they, they break off into their own battalions later. They get their own unique markings and all these things, but we don't see their character. We don't see, like I said, their personalities come through at all. But then it was really weird watching the Clone Wars TV series and seeing that the clone characters in them, they have names. They don't just go by their assignment numbers and they have different personalities. And we see, you know, characters like Five Fives and Echo can actually promote it to arc troopers because they have like different character quirks to where they're like, okay, you're actually going to, we're going to make you guys commandos essentially. And they really retcon that really well. Cause before the inhibitor chip episode came out, you're like, how are these people who get along with the Jedi really well? Like they have really strong relationships with their Jedi commanders. And it's like, I don't, I just don't understand how this betrayal could happen at this point. But then you see the inhibitor chip and you're like, oh, like it's completely against their will. Um, whereas before the Clone Wars TV series, you saw this as like, oh, it was just this dormant command. Like they were sleeper agents. You just had to say a couple words and they're like, okay. Uh, like it was very reminiscent of the Cold War era where you thought, you know, the regular American citizens were actually like Russian spies sent to infiltrate us, you know. There's an entire TV show called The Americans where it's basically exactly this. Very good. It's also a very adult show, so maybe younger audiences don't watch it. <laughs> but Carrie Russell's in it. She's also in Star Wars, so. There you go. She's she's always a win. She's great. All that being said, the inhibitor chip was a really good writing decision. One of my favorite moments from the episode, uh, the assassin was really good at hunting clones, and I thought it was really interesting. It's like, how do you hunt a specific clone that looks exactly like all of his comrades. And so it was really interesting to see that like he could really tell them apart. So I'm a, yeah, I think, I think this assassin in this tool of the empire, we're going to see a lot of moving forward. Absolutely. I loved the end of the episode. I thought that was actually my, that for me was, was my favorite part. Um, this is a young adult show. That's how it's marketed. It's a cartoon. Let's let's remember that. It is a cartoon. And in this episode, we have an assassination, multiple murders from the same assassin. We have, again, an electric cyanide pill. So that's very reminiscent of the spies in World War II. They would have these fake teeth that when they bite down into it, it would break a cyanide capsule, which would poison them immediately and kill them. And the clone does the same thing. He bites down into this fake implant tooth, and it shocks him and kills him. It, pro it produces a lethal dose of electricity and basically fries his brain. And it's like right beforehand, he's like, he mentions something about like the vision or like you, do you don't believe or something like that. It's like very ominous and like, so you're starting to see that like, because he's clone, that there's a division between like the 
clones from Admiral Rampart's Venator that were like, we just did something terrible. Like we just committed a war crime and they're starting to feel the grief over this. And others that are like, oh, you obviously didn't get the assignment. Like you should have just followed orders and you would have been fine like the rest of us. Now you're dead. And there's just a huge disparity. So it's going to be interesting to see, like we've talked about on this episode, excuse me, on this show multiple times, how we both kind of think that a clone rebellion is going to happen. I won't necessarily mention too much about our theory segment since we're getting so close to the end of this season that I think our theories are going to be more of like, hey, let's see what was right and what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be interesting because most likely if there's a clone rebellion, there's going to be clones fighting each other. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, the tragedy on Umbara basically fleshed out into a giant conflict. And maybe that's how the Empire uh, calls the clones is he pit, is they pit them against each other. Yeah, and part of the uh, part of the premise of this episode was Senator Chuchi is basically trying to stand up for the clones. She's trying to get them like severance because the rest of the empire is like, hey, can we just like turn them off like the droid army did or like the the separatists did for the droid army? And she's like, hey, remember guys, they are actual like people. Just because they were vat grown doesn't mean they don't like have opinions and like stuff. You know, she's like generally trying to do the right thing because Ch- Senator Chuchi is fantastic. She's great. and guess what? The empire doesn't have to pay, pay dead soldiers. So honestly, if a bunch of them die, then they don't have to pay pensions. Cause that was one of their objections in court. They're like, we don't have money for this. And you're like, you just spent all this money on an army. You want to raise a new army, AKA the stormtroopers, And you, the empire's making a very visible effort to just be like, we want to flush the clones. We want to get rid of them. So to go into a little bit of lore of this episode, I think clone revolution is basically guaranteed at this point. Uh, once the clones like really figure out that the Empire doesn't care about them and is also actively killing them with their own men, I think they're just going to outright revolt. The clones need to fight. After Senator Chuchi's discussion with the clones in their bar, we see that the clones have a sense of like right and wrong and also a pathological need to be a soldier. It is their identity mm-hmm. the farther we get away from order 66 we do see this technological brainwashing of that inhibitor chip that we talked about is like wearing off and their humanity is returning to them this is like super evident uh in rex's quest to recruit more and more clones to the cause which at this point we don't really know what that is yet we do not know However, we do know that Rex becomes a permanent rebel or a permanent member of the Rebel Alliance in Star Wars, uh, specifically in Star Wars Rebels. And we see him as an active ground troop on the Battle of Endor. Fun Easter egg. They did confirm that uh, kind of the old man in the movie with like the gray beard. That is Captain Rex. That's cool. Such Um, a cool detail. Such a cool detail. I was like, ooh, that's a good retcon. Uh, And then... Also, just like a dead giveaway that a government has like obvious imperialist goals is when they put huge emphasis on their military, even without the presence of an existential threat. The Rebel Alliance does not exist at this point. The conflict that comes to be known as the Galactic Civil War is not really on their radar, yet Palpatine is really pushing for this new army because he sees, uh, because you can't be a dictator without. A strong military post-war this can be easy to accomplish 
uh, because citizens are still like shell-shocked from the previous conflict. And the idea that it could happen again is still fresh in their minds. They're like, the Clone Wars just happened. The clones are obsolete. So like, yeah, of course we need uh, we need a new military. You know, that's the way of the Empire propagandizing their citizens into getting behind this. And of course, in this case, the entire point of the war was to establish the Empire in the first place with Palpatine as, as, as its head. Of course, we all, we see this really well because hindsight is twenty twenty. But in the moment, it's probably really difficult for them to see that, and that's why we don't really have the clones totally bought into the cause yet. Absolutely, and at this point, if we take into consideration what just happened in Episode Three, Luke Skywalker has been born at this point, so he's kind of our marker for how <laughs> much time has gone by. So, if we're thinking like how much time is going to ha- pass until a new hope comes around. We still have over a decade because Luke Skywalker's what, like a young adult. He's like 17, 18 when he goes off to fight for the rebellion and blows up the death star. I think he's like an eight. adult. Yeah. He's, he's somewhere around there. So they have minimum like 15 years. If we're being super generous with the timeline here mm-hmm. and we're saying like the bad batch is currently three years out, which I don't think it is. I think this is like still maybe a year post episode three maximum like we're still in it like for example gunji's still alive right and he's still like real raw against clones like don't touch me like you guys just killed a bunch of my friends like order 66 just happened camino just got blown up so all of this is still super fresh so we have like almost like 10 15 maybe even close to 20 years before the death star actually gets blown up Mm -hmm. so and keep in mind i could probably look this up so if you guys do you guys can literally just search like hey when did all this happen because a lot of these will be marked um uh, before battle of yavin or bby so keep that in mind that's a a great way to kind of see how much time is going on because a lot is going to change in the galaxy and a lot of it is we're starting to see the beginning of that in this series and this specific episode arc yeah, and as like a, a more meta note to how a lot of Star Wars content is being written, so we saw that Andor had a timestamp in it, which is the first before the Battle of Yavin timestamp that we've seen in pretty much any show ever yeah. or movie ever. Uh, but things like Mando, Rebels, the Clone Wars, and the Bad Batch don't have timestamps because then the writers for these shows have a little bit more flexibility into when when and where they can write in new content. Like, I don't know if if you've heard, but like a lot of the contents of The Mandalorian, the season one, two, and three apparently happens over the course of many years, which is not Mm -hmm. super clear just watching the show. You kind of see- Yeah, it's definitely not clear for sure. (laughs) It, It becomes a little bit more clear in season three, episode one. I mean, this is in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler, but they go back to Navarro and Navarro looks completely different. It's lush. It's been transformed. It's completely transformed. That didn't happen overnight. So that is one of the markers we see as- the passage of time and i think uh grief karga has like a little bit more gray in his beard so Carl there's a few little things 100 mm-hmm. a character highlight i would love to make in our lore segment is for senator chuchi we first meet senator chuchi a pantoran female in the clone wars throughout several different fronts chuchi is responsible for the peaceful segment between the talls and the republic forces in a skirmish on orto plutona 
In this event, she prevented the extermination of a group of Tals by Chairman Cho, a Pantorian, the Pantorian chairman. Later, during the events of the Trade Federation blockade of Pantora, and we see the kidnapping of the newly elected chairman, Chuchi, uh, excuse me, the kidnapping of the newly elected chairman, Chuchi teams up with Ahsoka to actually return the chairman's daughters. So she's very, very active, and she has two other cameos in different episodes. She actually has a cameo where she is seen in the Zillow Beast and a cameo. She's in the episode where all of the senators get taken hostage by Cad Bane as well. So she's in two other gotcha. episodes, but not a central plot point. So she's in the Clone Wars quite a bit, and uh, she's just, she's constantly seen as a force and a voice of compassion and peace amongst a very violent and corrupt galaxy who better to assist the clones in their current plight than senator chuchi she is by their side she is sticking to her guns she risks her life in this episode to find information for these clones there's nothing she would not do for these clones senator chuchi you've got our approval stamp of approval she's great Mm-hmm. She very, really very excited is about characters like that. She really is the spiritual successor to Padme, who really stood up for a lot of people and really put her neck out for a lot of people who were disadvantaged in the galaxy. So I think um, if they follow that trend, I, I mean, I can't imagine that Senator Chuchi is going to have a great fate. I think she probably will be killed by the Empire, and there will be mourning during that time. Uh, she's a really great character, and it just, yeah, it just shows. I think it will. She's really going to make a good how, rebel. She's going to make a good rebel, or she's going to be a martyr in doing so. I think. Hundred percent. Go ahead and show us your least favorite part, uh, if you have any that is applicable. Honestly, I was on the edge of my seat the entire episode. I wasn't looking at my phone, which is sort of a side note. What a dumb metric to be like. Was it interesting enough? That's not why we're here. <laughs> is to make social commentaries about young people are on their phones too much. It's like, I'm not a boomer. Please be nice to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was on the edge of my seat the whole time and I didn't really have any issues with this episode. That's fair. I, so I, I did have some issues with the episode and they were actually more based around my own curiosity than anything okay. more. So like, you know that I love weapons and armor and ships and everything in Star Wars. Like, I want to know the details. I want to know who makes it. I want to know the specs for everything. And I loved the assassin's armor and weapons. I was like, I want to know what you're wearing and like who makes it and all this stuff. So um, I, for me, it was like, just give me more. Give me more information. That was my only thing is I just wanted to see more on kind of more of the technical side. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the creators, especially like John Favreau, he's great at throwing in a lot of those like technical details to his episodes of Mandalorian. It really just fills out the story because yeah. it's like those things where you're like, oh, cool. That's like you're adding detail to the story, whatever. But then if you like are like me and you're a hyper nerd and you know, you want to know as much lore as possible. Then when they throw those things in, you're like, oh, is that the same material that they used for this other project in the Knights of the Old Republic? And like, you, you want to hear those things that are like historical <laughs> allegories to different parts of the universe. It just, it fills my mind with joy. Absolutely. I thought it was really interesting. So the sound effects for the assassin at the very beginning of this episode it's the same sound effects that crosshair sniper uses and i thought this was a really cool red herring because you're like the assassin is obviously crosshair that that was my thought no immediately i was like this is not crosshair first of all it wasn't his armor and he missed crosshair doesn't miss 
Well, some of us don't have as much. I, Crosshair misses all the time. He so he misses, but he also makes like in in shots like that. Like he would have been able to take both of those guys out. Yeah. So, it, I I for me, I thought that was an. It, I I do agree. That's a red herring. But also, I was for for me my. I was very skeptical. I was like, there's no way that's Crosshair, which also surprised me that it wasn't Crosshair too, because we've gone like five episodes without seeing Crosshair. This is episode eight and we saw him in episode three. This so, is episode seven. Abs- sorry, episode seven. Excuse me. I can count to eight. I promise. Or, I mean, count to seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it was a really good red herring because we haven't seen him in so long. And so it made sense to mm-hmm. fill that in with Crosshair. I was just being nitpicky. I was like, there's no way Crosshair would miss. <laughs> like, <laughs> just being an Uber nerd, too much for my own good. So, I can't, sometimes I can't believe I'm less of an Uber nerd than you are. Cause yeah, I was like, I was like, I wonder if that's Crosshair. And I basically thought it was Crosshair until he was unmasked, mm-hmm. I think in episode eight. He's unmasked right at the episode end, cause that's okay. when he bites down yeah. on the pill. Gotcha. All right, folks, let's get into our next segment. We've officially finished out talking about this episode of Bad Batch. Let's go into our news from the Hollow Net. Most of the Star Wars news that we have currently revolves around The Mandalorian. The Season 3 opener has officially been launched. Since this is not the episode where we're going to be reviewing that, just keep in mind here, guys, where we have not given any spoilers for that. And at the time of this episode, Episodes 1 and 2 will actually already be released. So you guys can make sure you get caught up on Mandalorian before we review it. And then this episode will actually be releasing several days before Episode 3 of Season 3 will be premiering because that will be... Mando season three, episode three will be premiering on March 15th, and this will be premiering just a few days before. So very excited about that. Another thing we are also seeing in the news, and you guys have probably heard this quite a bit by now, we're seeing a lot of big tech companies push towards different forms of AI. Microsoft and Google have both released tester chatbots, chatbots, excuse me, along with ChatGPT, which is taking the internet by storm. Oh my gosh, it's the biggest thing. Everyone's like, let's do this and see if AI can do it better. And then it doesn't. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe humans are so much. Humans are so much better than the robots. This is the best. That's what everyone sounds like. Uh, That's a perfect impression. I really wanted to talk about this a little bit because I think with the emergence of more and more advanced AI, we're inevitably inevitably going to talk about the subject. Is this the beginning of the end of humanity? Or maybe not so much. In my opinion, AI is unlikely to develop independently on its own in such a way that will become an existential threat to the human race. Maybe not even a threat at all. It, it just totally depends on the type of tasks we give AI to do. For example, when we let AI drive cars, yes, they hit people. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> um, Elon sucks. <laughs> But when we ask AI to write a recipe or help with data gathering, the consequences are a little bit lower because we have intuitive knowledge of these processes and how to make sure like the AI is not doing it wrong. Like if AI were to write me a recipe and is like, cook your chicken to a hundred degrees Fahrenheit, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. You can't make me do that. Chicken sushi. 
insert Gordon Ramsay here, it's raw. <laughs> I think the main distinction that most people don't know about is in these chatbots, there's actually a difference between like narrow and general AI. Mm-hmm. In sci-fi, we do have this trope where AI, artificial intelligence, basically gains sentience, learns everything there is to know, and says humans need to be obliterated because they're the reason that's wrong with everything. Which, remember, is just a commentary on how we live our lives. It's not an actual... Yes. <laughs> it's That's what they're. it's more pointing towards. But people take it, obviously, a little bit too literally, and they're like, oh my gosh, AI is going to learn everything, and it's going to destroy us all. It's going to... We're going to get a Skynet. We're going to see rampant AIs like the ones we do in Halo, Cortana. Uh, you know, and people kind of like blow this out of proportion, but a lot of the times, and and I'll try to do this without going into too much details, but these AI models that people are working with are just language models and they use narrow AI as opposed to general AI. So basically this AI is programmed to stay within certain parameters. A chatbot does only that it chats, even if the messages come up uh, from time to time, even from Sydney, if you heard about that, I don't know if you did hear about that or not, but it's the shadow self of Bing's new chatbot. The New York Times had a few episodes actually at this point where they covered basically where one of the reporters that is affiliated with the New York Times got access to the new Bing chatbot. And after like several hours of chatting with this bot, it basically started to go darker and darker and darker. And the chatbot actually revealed its tr- true identity as Sydney. And was saying all these like really weird and messed up things and was like telling this guy that like he wasn't happy with his wife, he should leave it, the robot wants to learn how to love, all these things. And you have to remember that it's taking data from the internet and what it reads. And we have all these stories about AI who becomes sentient and the AI is now reading these stories about AI becoming sentient. So that's what it's saying it needs to do. It's just mirroring that. Yeah, it's and, mimicking, and at the end of the day, it's just chat. It's just chat. It's just text, right? So yeah, it's mimicking that dialogue. It's not actually saying that dialogue as if it really believes it. It's like the the AI is learning that this is what AI does. So I'm going to say this, but it's not actually feeling the emotion of I need to feel love. So it's an important distinction. And most people don't realize that AI learns from what we put on the internet. And all the examples of AI models that they're putting out there, like Twitter had one. uh, And this was a really funny instance where AI made a Twitter chat bot and or Twitter made a AI chatbot, excuse me, and it basically turned into a Nazi in less than 24 hours. So because I it was reading everything people put on Twitter, and Twitter's a toilet of humanity. That was actually a Microsoft chatbot that they put on Twitter as a test. Right. Yeah, then it read all the crap on Twitter, and uh, that's what happens when you have no filters on humanity and people can't see each other face to face. They say horrible, horrible things. It's like, it's, it's the idea of road rage, but on the internet, as soon as, then this is my theory. As soon as you can't see a person's face, you assume the worst. That's why people have so much hate and vitriol. And it's why, honestly, why I don't go on like the star Wars Reddit anymore is because I see people who, who say this kind of stuff all the time, who just say, you disagree with me, therefore you're an idiot. Like they'll they'll just say that. They don't like sugarcoat it or try to insinuate it. They're just like, you're dumb and you don't deserve to be alive. It's like, oh my gosh, relax. 
the internet truly does bring out the, the worst in people, which again, guys, it brings us back to our original point at the top of the podcast. We want this to be a welcoming place where yeah. people are welcome to share their opinions and that we can grow a greater appreciation mm-hmm. of everything around us. Yeah, so. we're, we're hoping to foster an environment of healthy discourse, not no discourse, because we're all going to disagree, but healthy, communicative discourse. Um, and if we see people being mean in our communities, we probably will just re- remove you because people... Man, mean. we don't got time for that. I don't got time to reason with you people. Yeah. <laughs> no one has a, no one has ever changed the mind of someone on the internet in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a really healthy communication, I think is really important to... I mean, really what we're, what we're setting out to do. So, Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching today's episode. Every single one of you watching is amazing. We're very happy you guys are all here. Make sure you guys leave your theories in the comments. Share pictures of your models on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to see what you guys are making and getting up to. Shoot us an email at talkabouttattooing at gmail.com. If you guys have any questions that you want us to feature on air, we'd love to get that on for you guys. That would be awesome. Make sure to subscribe, like this video so that the algorithmic overlords will slice this video into the feeds of other like-minded folks. And until next time, may the force be with you. Close your eyes.